Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paulton. and today I've got uh, Dave Lacanto. He's with Linear Technology, and he just presented a paper at the ID TechX uh, Wireless Sensor Network and uh, Energy Harvesting Conference, so I wanted to have him on the show to talk about the uh, energy harvesting space because there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that space. Isn't that right, Dave? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, there, oh, there is a lot yeah. of cool stuff that's going on in the, in the energy harvesting space. And at ID TechX, Linear Technology, I presented on behalf of them a, uh, a few new products that we've recently introduced that allow customers or applications to extend their system battery life using energy harvesting. Mm-hmm. There's a variety so, of energy so, harvesting. If I may jump in, I, I apologize, but um, so so you're focusing energy energy harvesting to extend operational life of battery driven systems, or is this are you also focusing on energy harvesting to, to as the sole power source to drive uh, micro power systems? Our first generation of products, Alex, uh, focused on powering these systems using pure energy harvesting only, with the thought mm-hmm. that potentially we could replace batteries. Um, And there's ways to use those products to extend battery life, but customers found it a bit cumbersome to add the externals necessary to do that. So we took those inputs from the first generation of products and and showed that we could fully power many applications, including wireless sensor networks that way. But we augmented these products or we added the features to allow seamless battery power management to effectively ensure that there's a stable supply if for some reason the energy harvesting source goes away, whether it be through mm-hmm. the ambient conditions or some, some, other, some other issue. So uh, from uh, you know, 100% reliability of having available power, uh, these products perform that um, operation and significantly extend battery life. Uh, that extension is um, pretty much based on each individual application in terms of how much available ambient energy is there. Right, right. Now, Dave, is it specifically battery-oriented, or could I use, say, super caps or some other storage media, or is it tailored to the charging requirements of uh, battery chemistry? Um, typically, these are set up. We, ha- we have products that will both use a primary or non-rechargeable battery, um, but we also offer the uh, ability to charge a supercapacitor, so there's a, a third element that can be used to power the system. So any excess ambient energy that's harvested that is above and beyond the application needs can be used to charge a large capacitor. So now you have a secondary source, and then as the last resort, we can use a a primary cell battery. We have other products in development that will actually do the, the battery charging for if people wanted to use a rechargeable source. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what are some of the challenges that um, the design community faces implementing it? Were you, did your paper deal with the challenges or opportunities, or can you talk about some of those? Or what, what, what about your paper uh, would you like to talk about beyond the products themselves? Um, well, there, there's challenges depending upon what type of harvested source you're trying to use. And uh, some of the crux was introducing to some people um, you know, what, what's available, uh, whether it be solar, uh, vibrational, or thermal uh, 
systems. Um, you know, it, it all depends on, on what you have um, at your disposal. If, you know, you have a machine that has some vibration, there's some characterization that's involved if you use a piezo electric element to capture that energy. And you need a matched, not only a matched transducer, but you need a matched harvester for that linear technology. Right. We have products that are tailored to each one of these uh, transducer sources or energy sources um, to power a specific output. So, so first I just wanted to introduce, you know, well, what, what can you reasonably expect to obtain for amount of energy for, for instance, a wireless sensor network, um, effectively mm -hmm. trying to enable somebody to be able to, to design their system. And then which transducers and or how to go about selecting a transducer, and then which power manager from linear technology would best match their needs. And then at the end of the presentation, I, I summarize it all with some real-world uh, data that effectively showed how much battery life could you extend your system with. Um, and that certainly uh, can be attractive uh, to many people, depending on the size, uh, what type of battery, how much it costs effectively to achieve um, significantly extended lifetimes, potentially doubling or, you know, in, in an ideal world, the energy harvester would supply the entire uh, average power of their load uh, extended mm -hmm, indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and and uh, that's the that's the fascinating aspect of it is that it can do so much for you, but it really does require some care to do it properly because, uh, you know, since we are dealing with such s small uh, currents, any waste in the system could also negate the entire advantage of having it. Absolutely, Alex, you are you are correct. Um, and then you know, there's a little bit of tie-in linear technology. We uh, a couple of years ago, bought a company called Dust Networks that, that offers, you know, extremely low power radios. So, so it's not just the, the harvesting or, or, or the power source. It's, you know, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? What type of data, what type of sensors is, are people trying to use? And while I didn't delve into that, uh, certainly that goes into, uh, you know, what you're able to realistically power from a harvested source. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, you had talked about some of the product. Are there any specific uh, products that you uh, could mention as, uh, say, flagships of, of what you're trying to accomplish there? Uh, we have two products that we have recently introduced. The first is the LTC 3107. This is a, a product that follows on um, to a couple of thermal harvester products we introduced probably three years ago now. Those were the LTC 3108 and 3109. And the original harvesters were, were powered from a, a TEG or a thermoelectric generator that converts temperature differentials into uh, electrical power. They tend to, uh, TEGs tend to produce extremely low voltages depending on the uh, delta temperature across the device on the order of tens of millivolts to hundreds of millivolts depending on that differential. So right. the, these products step that, that voltage up to something that's usable to power a system uh, using a, a, a pretty slick architecture. And the LTC 3107, what we've done is, is we've added the power manager in there so that the harvest source will augment or supply the entire load um, of the system. So, for instance, if you have power requirements that are above and beyond what the harvester can produce, 
that harvested energy will support part of the load, and then current will be taken either from um, there's a capacitor, uh, a supercapacitor that can star, store residual energy, or that energy can be taken from the battery. So it's sort of a, a, a load sharing type of system um, to extend battery life. And a second product that has been recently introduced is the LTC3330. This is in the piezoelectric area, arena. Um, this is a pretty flexible product that allows users to hook more than one uh, harvested source, maybe a few solar cells, a piezoelectric element, two piezoelectric elements, um, and also a, a battery. And this power manager, what it does is it will, again, power the application from the harvested source. Any additional or excess energy will be used to charge a two super caps, um, excuse me, two supercapacitors that are in series, uh, assuming that, mm -hmm. that somebody has populated those. Um, so those those will supply the load at a regulated output voltage. And in the event that, that neither of those is able to supply that load, um, that necessarily load, as a last resort, the battery, a primary battery, will then be used to power the systems. And this all happens seamlessly in that there, there's no interruption in, in uh, usable power for the end application. Very nice. They're all and, that's, and that's all about, right? Excuse Yes, that's exactly. It's, it's having that, that reliability, that peace of mind, knowing that, that power is there. Uh, and, and the value is, you know, a lot of systems, batteries, they can be expensive depending on what type of chemistry is selected. Um, they also can be extremely costly to replace depending on where, you know, where is the system? Is it, is it in a remote area? Or is, it, is it a hazardous area? And, and that's really right. where we think we bring a lot of value. Exactly. Or it could be something like a lithium thionyl chloride extremely remote system, you know, a lithium thionyl chloride battery-based system that might be expected to sit someplace for 10 years. You throw on the energy harvester, you stretch it out to 15 or 20. Exactly. You're, you're, you're exactly right, Alex. Well, actually, it's, you're right. I'm just nodding along. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm, uh, I'm conveying the point. You know, we're, we're pretty excited about these products. Um, you know, what, what I've seen at, at ID Tech X, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of buzz there. there. There's a lot of new transducers out there that, that uh, other companies are showing, um, which is exciting to us at Linear Technology because effectively we're, we're somewhat transducer agnostic. Um, because we're providing the power mm -hmm. management, so so the better that these transducers can get made, the more uh, you know the more power that that's going that we're going to be able to supply to our uh, to power the load. Um, and also, there, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Um, you know, everybody's trying to reduce the quiescent current of their sensors or or their radios, or um, you know, everything is driving everything down to make harvesting uh, quite viable. And uh, it's pretty pretty dynamic. It's environment. Uh, there are a lot of demos that are that are pretty uh, pr pretty neat to see. So uh, it's uh, pretty exciting. No, I agree with you completely. I really do. And we we're really facing interesting times, especially when you think about some of the pressures from Internet of Things and the the newer capabilities from being able to put remote sensing and remote. Uh, instrumentation in uh, places that were previously considered inaccessible. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, our counterparts at Dust have, uh, you know, they gave a number of real-world real applications for e Internet of Things. Um, you know, where they're seeing traction 
with their uh, with their system with their radio and um, you know it's definitely from a being able to monetize a perspective linear technology is about how can we capitalize on these markets and you know we're really starting to see things pick up uh, from a business standpoint um, with the, with the internet of things and again the you know from what I see from this conference you know uh, up and to the right is is the direction that everything's headed. It just depends on you know how steep that slope is. Exactly. You're either part. Well, if you put it this way, if you're not involved in the development at this stage, you're going to miss the train. Uh, I believe that that you are. You know, we 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 introduced harvesters, our first harvesters, about three years ago, and we continue that development process um, by introducing new products based on the end market and, and what those demands are. Uh, same thing goes for, for dust networks. They're, they're continuing to push the power that they're able to extract, or um, excuse me, the power that they require uh, for their systems down to make harvesting and uh, battery life uh, much, much greater. And uh, they're also always looking at the reliability of their system. Their claim to fame is, is that their system reliably transmits with five nines or greater uh, data. Um, and that's really what, what's critical about wireless sensor networks. Exactly, exactly. So I really appreciate you coming, Dave, and talking to us about all this. Do you have any final uh, thoughts for our audience before we close out the episode? Um, really, just... Uh, you know, if you're if you're interested in, in energy harvesting, you're interested in a wireless sensor network. Linear Technology offers a variety of products to uh, to meet those end application needs. I would encourage you to visit our website for more information. That's at www.linear.com. And uh, any of the products that I've spoken about here, uh, certainly look at on the website to uh, to familiar familiarize yourself with them. And certainly, we, you know, one of Linear Technologies' claims to fame is from a, from the application support side, uh, contacting somebody at the factory to uh, help pair up the proper harvester, the proper uh, radio, et cetera, or just power management product for specific application needs. Got it, got it. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. It was really important because, as I said, if you're not uh, – involved in the cutting edge of this technology when the solutions start rolling out you're not going to be involved okay alex well terrific i appreciate you having me on your on your podcast here so that i could talk a little bit about what what linear brings to this internet of things world brave new world that we're uh you know embarking on there you go thank you again dave and i'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us because we wouldn't be here without you tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.